With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Tennis.com podcast. This is the Tennis in 10 version for Wimbledon. I'm Ed McGrogan. And we're going to look back at the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. And let's get started right away with Wednesday's earliest match that really uh, you know, set the tone for the rest of the day in terms of shock value, um, sort of significance, and what we... Uh, what we end up seeing just by the draw sort of crumbling before our eyes, and that would be you know caused by Andy Murray's five-set loss to Sam Query. The last two sets, Query dominated 6-1, 6-1. Murray was up a set and a break on the American, uh, lost a third set tie, won a third set tiebreaker. Excuse me. So for a couple of junctures of this match, certainly you know felt like Murray would be would be able to take this one. He had. A very strong record over Query. The exception that Query, seven years ago in a final uh, in Los Angeles, defeated Murray. I actually remember watching that match pretty clearly. It kind of stuck with me for a bit. It always That always reminded me of the capability of Query. When he's on, when he is hitting his serve and forehand, it's, they're two of the biggest in the game. He defeated Novak Djokovic at Wimbledon last year, and since then, in between these two victories over defending champions at Wimbledon and number one seeds, no less, he also defeated Rafael Nadal in a hard court final in Acapulco. So, Query, you know, you have to, you had to say about him coming into this match that it wasn't as if he had never proven that he couldn't beat the world's best players. He never reached a Grand Slam semifinal, obviously, and facing Murray on center court is a lot different than facing Djokovic uh, in the third round of Wimbledon. But, you know, augmented as well by certainly um, a dip in Murray's fitness, there's no doubt about that, but I also don't think Murray wanted to use it much as an excuse. Um, he, he certainly credited Sam for how he played and the way Query ran through those two sets, I think you can look at those last two 6-1 sets and say, well, they're really evidence of a player going away because of poor form um, and, and just um, you know injury. But I look at them as Query seizing the opportunity, never giving Murray or the crowd any reason to think that, that he was going to be able to come back, sort of snag this one. Uh, to be able to do that, this is only a two-hour, forty-two-minute five-setter. Um, I did, I did think coming into this one that Query, you know, had a puncher's chance. You know, we have not seen the the number one uh, level of player in Murray all throughout this year. Um, but 
could I couldn't pull the trigger on making this call either, but Query, you know, um, just a fantastic showing here. And, you know, not only does he advance to the Wimbledon semis, he will do so against, <coughs> excuse me, against Marin Cilic, who defeated Gilles Moore in five sets. So both, you know, both Cilic and Query really have to love that the draw has, you know, given both of them such a tremendous chance to uh, to get to a Wimbledon final. Cilic, of course, a U.S. Open champion in 2014. But there's no doubt that rather than, than seeing Nadal or Murray on the other side of the net, you know, multiple-time Wimbledon champions, these two go into Friday with, um, you know, with really the opportunity of a lifetime. And you could say the same for Roger Federer, honestly. The way that his draw has broken, I, you know, he defeats Milos Raonic in a revenge match for last year's five-set loss. Federer goes through him pretty, pretty handily, 4-2 and 7-6. In that last tiebreaker, Raonic won the first three points and then won only one of the next eight. Federer gets it done in an hour, 58 minutes. He won the first two sets in under an hour. Um, and he will play Thomas Burdich, not Novak Djokovic in the semis. Burdich advances via retirement. Djokovic calling it because of his elbow at 7-6-2-0. Um, really 6-7-0-2, I suppose. And not the first time Djokovic has retired at a slam. I think it was the fifth time I read, which is a tremendous stat. It's hard to hard to think of many players who have, who have done that, uh, no matter what level they are, but certainly... Um, not a 12-time Grand Slam champion. And, uh, you know, we were saying about Federer before this year that it was an annual thing where it it would be said that if the Federer could win Wimbledon or the, you know, the U.S. Open, but he would need the big four, the remainder of the big four to be removed from the draw, not by his own means. It was said that he couldn't get through them on his own. He would need help to get by them. And what do you know? All you know, all three of of Nadal, Murray, and Djokovic are out of this draw before the semis, and it comes at a year where Federer is playing some of the best tennis of his career. Um, so it's not as if he even necessarily needed this assistance. I think he would have still been favored against Djokovic, given how he's playing and really the uncertainties around Djokovic. And he's certainly favored against Burdich, who has a tremendous record against. Uh, Burdich has beaten him twice at slams. Let's not forget, once here at Wimbledon in 2010 and also at the Open, I believe in 2013 or 2012 was um, was that, or was 2012 uh, for sure, quarterfinals, I believe. So Federer, Chilich, Query, and Burdich. I mean, you never, you never would. Think about coming into this season and – before 2017 began, and and those would be your four Wimbledon quarterfinalists. I mean, who would be the most unlikely? Would it have been Federer, honestly? Um, Query, I think would would get the you know would get that. But it's um it's been a a, a tremendous, tremendously hard Wimbledon to uh to figure out from round to round. No one could have foreseen this coming. Now I want to move to the women to the women's draw uh, where the semis begin tomorrow. We did not get to a podcast yesterday. Um, what we're going to see is we're going to see Venus Williams take on Johanna Kanta. Kanta now obviously the last British player remaining. 
I almost think that with Murray's loss, you're going to see center court even more in, you know, even more sort of uh, lively for her. It, it was unfortunate the way she defeated Simona Halep, not because of her, but because of the way that the the match ended. There was a, a really a yell from the crowd while the ball remained in play. Halep kind of froze a little bit, definitely didn't seem to hit her best shot, even though the ball stayed, her shot stayed in. It's kind of an odd ending to a match. We've, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, I think too many of these odd endings to matches, um, whether it's by the um, the challenge on, on match point or some odd. It's it's a thing that tennis is always going to have to deal with because of just the nature of it and the fact that you want the crowd silent, but you know they can play a part in the match anytime. But more to the point, I love the way Kanta played in this one. They split the first two sets in tiebreakers, and Kanta edges her out 6-4 um, in the third. Kanta with a really strong second set tiebreaker win to, to push this and and you know get uh, get Halep, of course, doubting herself a bit. We have some guests on the podcast, of course. Um, Venus Williams takes out Yelena Ostapenko, the French Open champion, 6-3, 7-5. Lovely result from her. Just, you know, tremendous stuff to see at her age. Um, and, and a great run from Ostapenko, too, that uh, it also shouldn't be discounted. Her her French Open, her Wimbledon, uh, what a run that uh, that we've seen from her this summer. Hopefully not the last that we're going to see. I, I'm curious to see how she does with this European run behind her and sort of with heightened expectations and come the U.S. summer, and really a lot more focus and scrutiny. I, I'm, you know, She's still so young, want to see how she handles it, but Venus and Kanta. And then you have Rabarakova against Muguruza in the other semi. Rabarakova, Rabarakova defeats Coco Vandewey 3-3. Three three. Very disappointing match for Vandewey. Just what, you know, what an opportunity to let slip by. Uh, Rabarkova, we've you know we've written about her on grass. Certainly a fine player, but Vandeweghe gets you, you can't ask for more than to face the 86th play, ranked player in the world in the quarterfinals on a surface that your game is made for. This is a that's a very tough and honestly just a, a bad loss for Vandeweghe. You know I have to say, and Muguruza, um, you know is it, she defeats Kuznetsova in the first quarterfinal of of uh, Tuesday three and four. Muguruza kind of reminded me of Stan Wawrinka a little bit in that we're getting some tremendous highs from her. Still very erratic and consistent too, but when we see the highs, they're really uh, you know they're really impressive. You take notice, um, and it, it can't it wouldn't surprise anybody if Muguruza goes on to win this title. She was a finalist here before, and of course a French Open champion. But she'll get Rabarkova too, and um, obviously, as we've seen, you know, there's no that's not a gimme by any means because of because of the Slovakian and because of the Spaniards' way for you know kind of going away in some matches too. But I do, I do think that Muguruza will prevail, and uh, well, we'll see if Conta and uh, Conta Williams will meet up with her in the final. We'll see. Again, a lot of guests here on the podcast. They we're going to call it with that. Just over ten minutes. Uh, We'll be back to talk about the semifinals next time on the Tennis in 10 podcast. Thank you for listening. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 